Our Father. Our Father. Our Father. Our Father in heaven. In heaven. Our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Your will be done. Your will be done. On earth. On earth. Earth. As it is in heaven. As it is in heaven. On earth. As it is in heaven. Give us this day. Give us this day. Give us this day our daily bread. Our daily bread. And forgive us our debts. And forgive us our debts. As we forgive. As we forgive our debtors. As we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us. Do not lead us. Do not lead us into temptation. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us. Deliver us. Deliver us from the evil. Deliver us from the evil. For yours is the kingdom. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the kingdom. The kingdom and the power. The power. Power and the glory. The glory. And the glory forever. Forever. Amen. All right, I want to welcome all of our campuses to the first week of a brand new series entitled The Lord's Prayer. Pray like Jesus. Come on, can we just welcome all those that are joining us? Man, we're excited about this series. So today, and over the next five weeks, we're going to be looking at that very powerful, simple but powerful discourse that Jesus taught his disciples when one of them asked us, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, I'm excited. I want to say this to all of you at all of our campuses. I'm super excited as we lead up to Easter. There's like a new anticipation. There's a new expectation. How many of y'all can sense God's presence today? Come on, how many of y'all can sense God? In all of our congregations, there's something that God is doing. And I believe that there's not a better time than all of us learning how to pray. A lot of people want to pray. They've got a desire to pray. They have, a, they have a want to to pray, but they don't know practically how to do it. I mean, do I just get, you know, I just kind of kneel down at my bed. Lord bless mommy. Lord bless daddy. Lord bless, I mean, what do you do? How do you pray? What do you pray? When do you pray? We're going to be talking about that over the next six weeks. Matter of fact, I am so excited about this series. I taught something similar about five years ago, and it was one of the number one requested series. Why? Because people want to pray. They just don't know how. Speaking of prayer, there was a fifth grade boy that heard a sermon by the pastor on the persistence in prayer, how you have to be persistent, and you hang in it, and you keep praying. He was praying by himself in the room, and his dad walked by, and his dad overheard him saying this statement over and over. The boy kept going and saying, Tokyo, Tokyo, yes, God, Tokyo. The next day, the dad asked the son what he was doing. The boy replied that he'd given the wrong answer on the test of the capital of Mexico, and he kept praying in faith, thinking that God can do anything. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Now, let me just say this right off the bat. We need to pray the will of God, and we need to pray the word of God. How many are grateful that we got a roadmap of what to pray? Come on, are y'all with me? I do believe that God does miracles. I do believe that God can do anything. And yet, what's so powerful is when we discover, listen, in God's word, the will of God is the word of God. And that's why we want to teach you the word of God. That's why each series we want to open the Bible. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When you know the word of God, faith comes in your heart and you have a confidence to approach God. And that's why in this series, I'm not just teaching you concepts of prayer. We're going to look in the Bible. And what does the Bible teach you about prayer? What does God say about prayer? Now, I understand there's a lot of misconceptions about prayer. Some people think, well, you know, prayer is just dull. It's just kind of boring. And, I, you know, what am I going to do? I'm going to go in there and just kind of kneel down or 
walk around for 10 minutes. No, no, prayer, prayer is exciting when you know how to do it and, and you know how to pray and you know what to pray and, and, and when you actually have answers to prayer, prayer is actually exciting. Some people think, well, you know, prayer is, prayer is just selfish. I mean, absolutely, pastor, I believe that God answers prayer, but I mean, isn't God more concerned? I actually had a guy in our church tell me this one time. I was talking about prayer and he came up to me after. He said, Pastor, I'll just be honest. He goes, I, I appreciate your, your teaching on prayer, but I think that God is probably more concerned with some bigger global issues than my little concerns here in my location. And I said, wait, time out, time out. What you just did is you indicted the omnipotence of God, the omnipotence, the all-powerful nature of God. What do, what do I mean? God can answer a cry and, and deal with a challenge in the Middle East. God can deal with the global challenge right now over with Ukraine and Russia. God can deal with that, but God can deal with your challenge in your place where you live today. God is big enough. Trust me, it's not like, gosh, I'm dealing with other things. What do you need now? No, no, that's not God. God is, God is all-powerful. Some people think, well, you know, prayer is just a waste of time. I mean, pastor, after all. I actually had a guy in a Bible study I was doing years ago, and he said, Pastor Steve, honestly, I don't pray much. Why is that? He goes, God, give me a brain. God's given me strength. I just kind of wake up. I think, you know, here's what I ought to do, and I just go after it. Now, I understand. I appreciate a proactive nature. I understand that type of temperament. I understand there's a self-initiation. I understand that. I think, look, I'm a type A personality in all the profile tests. I understand that. But at the same time, I think that prayer is actually an indictment on self-reliance. Because what I actually think prayer does is it pauses us to say, we're not God. God is, and we need his help. Matter of fact, the great reformer Martin Luther said this. He said, I have so much to do today. I've got to spend an extra three hours in prayer this morning. Now, I'm not in any way suggesting that you need to spend three hours in prayer. How about three minutes in prayer? Prayer is a declaration of your need for God's intervention in your life. Those that wait upon the Lord. You know how hard it is to wait to do anything today? We go through a drive through and we get mad that we're the second car. Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? And yet, when we open the Bible, we see an invitation from God to, to pray. It's interesting when you think about prayer and you open the Bible from the Old Testament, I mean, all the way through the Bible. If you go look in the book of Genesis, the Bible says, it's interesting, and men began to call out to God. What is that? That's called prayer. When you see the children of Israel, whatever. They're being delivered from Egypt. What was it? That was, watch this. That was God's response to the cry of people. That's called prayer. And that's called answered prayer. All the way through the Red Sea, all the way through the Old Testament, coming into the promised land, all of that. It was God specializes in answering the prayers of his people. The New Testament. How many miracles that Jesus did? If you look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, what were they? So many of them. Son of David, have mercy upon me. Blind Bartimaeus, what was that? It was an answer. He healed it. An answer, what? To a prayer. Jesus answers prayers. I believe, and we believe at Church of the King, that we serve a miracle-working God. And whatever situation you're in right now, maybe it's a situation with one of your kids. Maybe it's a family situation, a marriage, whether it's a financial. Maybe you're struggling something emotional, whatever it is. Whatever your need is, God is able to meet it. And I'm going to tell you, God shows up in answer to our prayers. He is looking for people that cry out to him. 
I would ask all of you today, what is, what is your need? What did you come here with today? Any campus that we're at, any one of our churches, what, what is your need? What is your challenge? God has the power. God has the strength. God has the wisdom. God has the might. God has everything. He's waiting for someone to ask him to help them. He's asking. He's waiting. He's like, hey, I, I'm, I'm here. He's not only available, but he's willing. He has the power and he has the willingness to want to help you. Question. When's the last time you've taken time to pray? I think it's amazing when you look in the scripture, one of the, the things that, I remember one of the first things that I learned in seminary was this big concept. It's a big concept and it's called the hypostatic union of Christ. What does that mean? This is a big theological term. It means that Jesus Christ was 100% God, but he was also 100% man. He wasn't like 50-50, all right, let me add 50 and 50, 50 and 50, that's 100. No, no, no. He was 100% God in the person of Christ when he was on the earth, 100% God and 100% man. Theologically, that's called the hypostatic union. Now, why is that important? We often see Christ as God, but we forget he's also a man. And as a man, he had practices and patterns that spoke to the disciples. And one of those is what he did in the morning. Let me read a couple scriptures here. Mark chapter one, verse 35. Now in the morning, remember this, Jesus Christ, he didn't have a sin nature. He never sinned, but he was a man and he was fully God. Watch this. It says, now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and he got the paper and he read it. I'm just seeing if y'all are awake in church. Come on, you know. I know that we don't go out and get the paper anymore. He turned on his iPhone and began to check his emails. <laughs> oh, pastor, now you're getting real close to home. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he, come on, say it, there he what, say it, prayed. If the Son of God had to wake up early in the morning and go to a solitary place and check in with his father at the headquarters, how much more do we? Matthew chapter 14, verse 23. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to what? Come on, everybody say to what? Pray. What is he doing praying? What is he doing? He's talking to his father. He's recognizing John chapter five. I want to say what the father says. I want to do what the father says for me to do. And yet we want to make sure that we tackle the day in our own strength, in our own wisdom. What advantage a Christ follower has that we can check in with the creator of the heavens and the earth. And we can have his wisdom. We can have his insight. If Jesus did, if it was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for us. Luke chapter 22, verse 39, coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives and as he was accustomed and his disciples followed after it. And when he'd come to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. He prayed, he modeled prayer, and then he told them to pray. One day, one day, one of his disciples in Luke chapter one, it doesn't actually tell us who the disciple was, but he was praying. He's praying in a certain place. And I don't know if he knelt down all the time or if he walked around and and, he, and, and his disciples got close to him and he thought, wait, time out. He's doing this thing every morning. He's checking in with headquarters. He's coming out with great power and signs and wonders. And I mean, just amazing what's going on. 
He walks in peace when there's storms. He, it's, it's amazing. You ever been around somebody with a powerful prayer life and you just get in their presence when they're praying? And I'm not talking about just praying like before a meal. That's awesome. But I'm talking about, <clears throat> have you ever been with somebody that's like connected? I mean, they're really deep in a prayer life and connected to God. I'll never forget a number of years ago, we, we had uh, Coach Bill McCartney, who was the founder of Promise Keepers and some of you guys, guys know who he may be. He won the national championship, University of Colorado. And, and we actually had him for about, about five or six years early in 2001, two, three, four, five. We had him do our men's conferences. Some of you guys that were part of the church, you would remember that back then. And I remember every time we would get in the car and I'd pick him up, he would, he would, he would hold my hand and he would just, he would just pray. And and it was like, he was just connected. You, you know what, you ever been around? I mean, it's just, it was just like he would pray and he would kind of start tearing up. So I would start tearing up. And it, was, it, it went beyond Bill and it was, a, it was a man connecting with God in prayer. And, and I remember saying, I said, I said, we called him coach. I said, coach, how is it? And he said, Steve, just talk to God all day long. In the same way, the disciples, they, they, they were watching Jesus over and over. He, he wakes up in the morning, he spends time with God the Father, and he walks out in power. And they said, teach us how to do that. It's with that backdrop that Jesus turns to them. Matthew chapter 11, verse 1, Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he'd ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Matthew chapter six picks up the account. It says, in this manner, he now turns to them and he gives them a pattern of prayer. I wanna go on record saying this. I don't believe there's only one pattern to pray, but I believe this is one of the best patterns to pray. Let me say another thing. I think there's power in reciting scripture. I think all of us grew up as kids reciting the Lord's Prayer. There's great power in any form of reciting, but I think there's even greater power than praying through the Lord's Prayer. Reciting the Lord's Prayer is powerful. There's even a greater power actually praying through the Lord's Prayer. Watch this. In the morning, therefore, or in, the mor in this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Whoa, isn't that heavy? Your will be done. Where? On earth. Whoa. I'm supposed to pray the will of God to be done on the earth? Well, how? As it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So pastor, are you telling me that we can daily pray and invite God's presence and God's wisdom to keep us from giving in to the evil one? Absolutely, that's what Jesus said. And then he says, but for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I want to say this as well. We call this prayer the Lord's Prayer. I think we could probably more appropriately call it the Disciples' Prayer. It was the prayer that Jesus gave to the disciples. All right, you want to pray? You want to see what I'm doing each morning? All right, pray this way. And I want to say this again. Number one, I believe this is not the only way to pray, but I believe it's a great way to pray. Number two, I believe there's power in quoting scripture. There's power in reciting the Lord's prayer, but I think there's even a greater power than pray in praying through the Lord's prayer. 
It's praying through. There's topics in the Lord's Prayer. It's more than just reciting it. And we think there's great value in that. But I believe that in each one of these, there's actually six topics to be prayed through. So that's what we're going to be doing the next six weeks. We're going to be teaching each one of these topics. So that we say it, but then we pray it. Oh, and when we pray it, there's power released. What do you mean, Pastor? No, week one, our Father. Everyone say, our Father. Today we're going to be talking about the promises of God attached to the name of God. That when we say our Father, we're not just saying it, but then we pray through the names of God. The aspects of who God is and he reveals himself to humanity. Next week I'm going to be talking about your kingdom come. How we can establish God's kingdom in our lives on a daily basis as we declare, Lord, let your kingdom come. Lord, let your will be done. When? On earth as it is in heaven. How many of y'all want to fulfill God's will for your life? Come on, raise your hand. Y'all want to fulfill? I want to fulfill it. Well, did you know that we're invited by the Father to pray that every day? Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Week three, we're going to be talking about daily bread. What does it mean to pray? Lord, give us this day our daily bread. Provision for life. Week four, we're going to be talking about, listen, forgive us as we forgive those. How do we rid ourselves of those toxic emotions that take residency in us when we have unforgiveness towards another person. Oh, by the way, the greatest thing to block your prayer life, Jesus teaches in Mark 11, is an unforgiving spirit. We gotta get it out. Week five, we're gonna be talking about temptation. How God gives us daily power to overcome the snares of the enemy. And then we're gonna end back with week six, the glory. That'll be a powerful weekend, Palm Sunday, talking about praising God and living grateful. All right, here we go. How many of y'all ready to study the Lord's Prayer? Come on, how many of y'all ready to study this? I'm so excited. I am so excited. By the way, I wanna say this to all of our campuses. I believe during this Lent season, this is a time to be in church physically. There's something about being in the presence of God. There's some, by the way, your kids need you to be in church. Your kids need you to be, well, we don't go to church anymore. Well, you know what? Your kids are going to raise, be raised up without understanding God's presence and being, how many of you believe it's important to be in the house of God? I think it's important to be in the house of God. This is a time to press in all the way that we go, all the way to Easter. And I think it's important that Jesus begins the Lord's prayer with this statement, our father, everybody say it. A study I read one time very powerful study by a gentleman named George Reckers found that children who had a positive, continuous relationship with their father had a higher self-esteem, a higher moral authority in their life, a higher career expectation. There's something about, there's something about a relationship with the father. There, there's something about that. Of course, mothers, and we value mothers. and we're, Mother's Day is going to be coming up. We've got a great message. And, but, but yet there's something, there's something unique about a father. I think it's interesting that Jesus begins this prayer. He, 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 he begins with the disciples, teaching them how to pray. And, and he tells them something so unique. And it cut the grain of all spirituality that, that people would suggest even today that somehow that we can get in touch by looking within. Jesus said, no, no, no. Prayer does not start by looking within. Prayer starts by looking up. And I want to say that to you today. When you look within, you don't have resources on the inside of you. Mankind, the Bible says man's heart is deceitfully wicked. 
But it's, oh, it's in God. We look up. Where does our help come from? Our help comes from God, the creator and the maker of heaven and the earth. And God, listen, God the Son says that we look up to God the Father. I wonder how our lives would improve if each day we took this seriously, 10 minutes a day, said, I'm going to look up to God. I'm going to lay up all my business concerns before God. I'm going to lay all my family concerns before God. I'm going to lay all my relational concerns before God. And I'm not going to first try to address those from my own intellectual prowess, but I'm going to look up. Everybody say, our Father. Living a life of prayer, number one, we've got to clear up our perspective on God. It is a tragedy how so many people have what I would say a distorted view of God. They believe that God is up there waiting to get them, waiting to just hit them over the head and just whack them and slap them. And yet when I open the Bible, and I do believe there's a judgment coming one day, but there's an age of grace that we live in. Well, let me tell you, God is desperately calling out to his creation. God wants to bless you. Actually, God wants to help you and not hurt you. God wants to intervene in your life. God, God wants to speak to you. God wants to fill you with peace and joy. God, let me tell you, somewhere the price tag got switched where, where somehow we believe that God is against us. No, God is actually for us. You won't approach a God that you don't believe is for you. We've got to clear up our perspective on God. Many of you know my story that I ran from God as a teenager all the way into college and God was so patient with me, man. He was patient with me and he's patient with me. And I was going to church. My parents made, by the way, my parents made me go to church. I thank God they did. Because when I got saved, there was all kind of stuff on the inside of me. By the way, when the word of God goes in your heart, even in an unbeliever's heart, it still gets in there. God was so patient with me. And yet when we come to Christ, the very patience of God that was patient and drew us to Christ, we somehow feel now God is impatient after we come to Christ. Let me tell you, God was patient with us before we came to Christ. God is patient with us after we come to Christ. God is, God is for you. He's not against you. Now, why do I say that? Because we blow it. We, make a, we say the wrong thing. We sin. We do something stupid. We say, oh, you know, I, just, I don't want to talk to God. No, no, no. That's actually when you should talk to God. Our sin shouldn't cause us to run from God. Our sin should actually cause us to run to God. Everybody say, our Father. We need our perspective and our, our perception of God cleared up. Psalms chapter 103, verse 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in mercy. I had a lady tell me one time. She goes, Pastor Steve, I never like to go to Father's Day service. I said, why is that? She goes, because every time the word Father's Day is even mentioned, it reminds me of my relationship with my dad, which was very painful. And I want to make sure that I don't in any way transfer my bad relationship with my earthly father on my heavenly father. And I said, let me just tell you something. Regardless of where your earthly father is, whether he was even a good one or a bad one, God's still the best. He's still the best. One day, Philip, one of his disciples, came to Jesus and asked John chapter 14, verse 8, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, and yet you've not known me, Philip? And he who has seen me has seen the Father. He who has seen me has seen the Father. What does that mean? Let me just tell you what that means. We ought to open up Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and we ought to just look in the Bible, and let me just, let me, matter of fact, when I got saved, here's what somebody told me. He said, Steve, just read the red and pray for power. 
How many of y'all remember when people actually read the Bible and they look on their phone? There was actually read. Y'all remember that? You remember that? Everybody look just right here. Okay, there's right. Okay, let me just say something. If you want to know what the Father's like, well, you know, God's just against me. Not according to the Bible. When I look at the Bible, what was Jesus doing? He was taking demons off of people, not putting demons on people. What was he doing? Not putting anxiety on people. He was taking anxiety off of people. What was he doing? He was feeding people. He wasn't starving people. Are y'all with me or not? In other words, he was trying to bless people, not curse people. Well, you don't understand. I woke up and I was a kid and my dad cursed me. Well, guess what? I got some better news. You open the Bible and Jesus is blessing you, not cursing you. What is the father like? Just look in the Bible. He's trying to help you. He's trying to bless you. He's trying to, everything that, listen, everything that you can imagine of being for you, that's the gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Cleanse the leper. Heal the sick. Deliver the demonized. Now, why is that important? Number one, you will not pray consistently if you believe that God is against you. But if you believe that God is for you, that God is for you. Yeah. Had a friend one time who was adopted. And he said, man, I got, he was adopted as a little bit older. And, and he said, man, I was so scared every time I did something in the house that wasn't perfect, whether it spilled the milk or whatever, I was always scared that somehow I was going to be discarded. But it was the consistent, patient love of my adopted father that ultimately caused me to relax and to trust. Can I tell you something? When you spill the milk, God is not going to slap you across the face. Listen to me. When you sin, God's not going to discard you. He actually wants to heal you and cleanse you and forgive. How many are grateful that God is a good God? Hey, hey friends, everybody look at me. This is foundational. If you don't believe that God, everybody say God is, God is a good God. If you do not believe that God is a good God, you won't approach him in prayer daily. All right, number two. This is all foundational, six weeks. Man, I'm so excited about this. Number two, if you want to build a thriving prayer life, number two, we got to understand not only getting our perspective cleared up, we've got to understand the person of God. This is very important the next five minutes. I need everybody to lean in what I'm about to say. When you know the person and the character and the nature of God, you and I will grasp the promises of God. Let me say this. The person of God is expressed throughout Scripture as God reveals his names. Now, there's only one God, Jehovah God. However, God expresses and reveals himself to humanity through different names. Jehovah, everyone say Jehovah. Jehovah, and then there's eight compound names, at least eight compound names in there that God reveals himself. So there's only one God. Everyone say one God. Okay, let me give you an example. I'm one person. However, I'm husband to Jennifer. I'm dad to Isabel, Conrad, William, and Annalise. I'm pastor to Doug. I'm friend to Doug. I'm the same person, but I am, watch this, what you need me to be based upon my name. Does that make sense? Okay, watch this. God reveals himself to humanity through, through his names. For example, I'm sick. Oh, 
You need to go and worship Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, who what? Heals you. Does that make sense? I'm struggling. I can't make my ends meet. I'm working as hard as I can. Okay, you need to go into the presence of Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. Oh, pastor, you don't understand. I'm still dealing with the sin consciousness of my past. I always feel like I'm this dirty, worthless person. Oh, time out, time out. You need to go into the presence of Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord, our righteousness. What does that mean? Every name, every aspect of his name actually is a revealing of his promise. Now, I'm going to say a couple statements. Stay with me. Who is God? God is, he is that he is. I am that I am. Remember he revealed himself to Moses. Who is God? Jehovah, I am that I am. So he doesn't change. There's only one God, but he reveals himself to you based upon what your need is. What do I mean by that? You need peace, guess what? He's Jehovah Shalom. Does this make sense? So in other words, he is peace. He is healing. He is provision. He is righteousness. Why is this so important? Because in his name are his promises. And is and in his promises, it reveals his covenant. You know what a covenant is? A co- Here's a 21st century word for covenant. Contract. Come sign this contract. All right, I'll sign the contract. All right. Well, what does the contract say? All right, the contract says, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. All right, it's a deed. It's a contract. All right, here's my name. In other words... I, What my signature says is, I'm going to perform what's in that contract. Now, you sign it. Here's the cool thing. How many know God's got the greater end of performing the contract? God's doing a lot more for us than we're doing for him. We just got to believe. And you know what? You know what? You know what the promises of God are? Let me tell you what. That's his covenant to say, if you're sick, I'm your healer. If If you're in need of provision, I'm your provider. If you're lost, I am your shepherd. Jehovah Rohi, he revealed himself to David. Now, why is this important? Number one, the first perspective of getting a healthy relationship with God in prayer is we've got to understand that God is for us and not against us. He is trying to bless us and not curse us. And number two, we've got to understand there's something about his name. That's when Jesus said, everyone say, our father, in this manner pray. Therefore, our father in heaven, we look up, Hallowed be your name. The name. There's the name. I know some of you there. Hallowed. Is that kind of like when you take a piece of wood and you put a hole in it? That's hollow. To hallow is H-A. To hollow is when you cut out a piece of wood. What does it mean to hallow the name of God? It means to set it apart. It means that God's name is holy. Jehovah. There's one God. I'm one person, yet I'm husband. I'm father. I'm employer, I'm, I'm, I'm pastor, I'm one person, but, but I am to you what you need me to be. In other words, and we're limited in our own human constraints, and yet God is unlimited. Now, why is this important? All right, now let me give you this. This is how I begin my prayer life every day. This is gonna help you. Everybody say, our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed. The word hallowed means to set apart. I'm setting apart the name of God. What am I doing? I'm I'm leaning in and I'm setting it apart, meaning I'm focusing in on the name and I'm declaring that over my life. What am I declaring? I'm declaring God is what I need him to be in this moment. If I'm struggling with anxiety, I need Jehovah, watch this, shalom. The Lord our God is my peace. Yeah. Now let me give you the eight compound names of God. 
So number one, I'm clearing up my perspective. I'm, I'm teaching about how do we build a baseline, a foundation of a vibrant prayer life. Number one, we've got to have our perspective cleared up. God is a father who's for you and he's not against you. Number two, we've got to understand what does it mean to set apart the name of God? What does it mean that we understand? Because in the promises of God, in the name of God has revealed the promises of God. All right, here it is. Embrace the name and the promise of God. Let me give you them. The Lord our righteousness. In Jeremiah 23, verse 5 and 6, here's the, here's the Hebrew word. Everybody say Jehovah. I'm going to teach you Hebrew today. Everybody say Sid Canu. Okay, that's the Lord our righteousness. So in the morning, this is how I began. By the way, I've been praying this way for 32 years. 33. I'm 53. I got saved when I was 19. I've been praying this almost 34 years. I was taught actually 33 because it was about the first year or two when I became a Christian. I became a Christian the first year or two. I learned how to pray this way. And probably three, four, five times a week, this is exactly, I, I, I pray through the Lord's Prayer. Again, there's great power. All of us grew up, most of us grew up as kids reciting the Lord's Prayer. It's very powerful to recite any portion of Scripture, but I think it's even more powerful to actually pray through the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, everyone say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Well, what is the first compound? Lord, I thank you, Lord God. So my prayer, Lord, I thank you in the morning. Father, I just thank you for who you are in my life. Lord, I thank you that you are my righteousness. Lord, I thank you that I, I approach you not on my own righteousness, but I approach you on the blood of Christ. We just learned that in hope again, the blood of Jesus. I thank you that I can come before you, Lord, and receive cleansing and healing and redemption. And then I'll say the Lord, the second compound name is the Lord Jehovah Makedesh. Everyone say Jehovah Makedesh. Exodus chapter 31, 13 is the Lord our sanctification. Now, now I'm praying and I'm saying, Lord, I just thank you. This is this, this, is this morning in my backyard. I'm, Lord, I just thank you. What am I doing? I, first, I look up. Listen to me. We live in a very spiritual culture, but not a Christian culture. How do you get connected with God? It's not by sitting in a dark room, putting on seashore, seashore music and chanting. We don't look within. There's nothing within to help you. It's only, with, it's only looking up. It's God. God is where your help comes from. God is, there's nothing wrong with settling your soul, but there's not solutions for life on the inside. Yeah, no, 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 no. Our, our, our help comes from Him, from the maker of the heavens and the earth. So Jehovah Sidkenu, Lord, you are my righteous. Jehovah Makedesh, Lord, you're the one that sets me apart and makes me holy. We've been saved by grace, and yet then we try to change ourselves. I'm presenting myself before God. I'm praying through the names of God. What am I doing? There's only one God, but it's a different aspect. Just like I'm husband, just like I'm father, just like I'm one person, but there's different aspects. I'm now declaring over my life, you're my righteousness. You're my sanctification. And then I get to, the Lord is near, Jehovah Shammah, Ezekiel 48, 35. Lord, I thank you for your presence today. I can sense your presence. Lord, baptize me afresh in the Holy Spirit today. Lord, fill me with your spirit. Then I go to... Lord, the Lord is my peace, Jehovah Shalom. Everyone say, Jehovah Shalom. You ever go to Israel, they'll say, Shalom. What are they saying? They're blessing you with God's peace. Judges chapter 6, verse 24, it's the peace of God. We live in a world that is so bantered and battered back and forth by all the stresses of life. I need the peace of God. So outside this morning in my backyard, I'm just, I'm just declaring, who Lord, I thank you. Our Father, I look up. I don't look within, I look up. 
I'm declaring there's value in saying the Lord's Prayer. I think there's even greater value in praying through the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, Lord. You are my righteousness. Lord, you make me righteous. You're my sanctification. You set me apart. Lord, you are the one. Jehovah Shammah, my, your presence is within me. Your presence is near me. Your presence is my rear guard. It's on side of me. It's in front of me. You're leading me. Lord, Jehovah Shalom, I thank you for your peace today. I thank you for your peace. And then I just, I'm praying the names of God. Lord, you are my healer, Jehovah Rapha. Exodus chapter 15, verse 24. Lord, you're healing me emotionally. You're healing me spiritually. Lord, you're healing me physically. We don't deny sickness and disease, but we do focus on the Lord, the one that heals. He's our healer. We declare that. What am I doing? I'm declaring the Lord is my righteous. I'm declaring this. This is how I pray every day, 30 years. I'm declaring the Lord, you are my Jehovah Jireh. You are my provision. You are everything that I need. This is not just financial. You're everything I need emotionally, spiritually. Every area of my life, the Lord is providing. Lord, you are my banner of victory. Lord, fear has no authority in my life. Anxiety is no, Lord, you are the one that conquers my enemies. Lord, you are fighting in a spiritual, friends, listen to me. This is for somebody right now. You're dealing with a problem and you think it's a natural problem. No, it's actually a supernatural problem. Can I tell you something? Natural means cannot fix supernatural problems. You need a supernatural God to deal with a supernatural problem. Listen to me. Listen to me. We are not empirical rationalists that believe that all of life is based upon, listen, facts. No, no, no. There's actually a supernatural realm. There's a supernatural, there's another realm that we, that's beyond, listen, it's beyond scientific evaluation. It's called the supernatural realm. That's where God is. And God wants to break into the natural realm and provide and heal and restore your life. I know that kind of freaks some of y'all out. I don't know what he's talking about. That's all right. Just hang with me these next six weeks. The Lord is our shepherd. This morning, I, as I declare the name of God over my life, what am I doing? I'm declaring who he is. Lord, you're my righteousness. What am I doing? I'm looking up. Our Father who art in heaven. The Father's revealed in these names. Lord, you're my sanctification. You're my healer. You're my deliverer. You're my... You, you, you are my healer. You are the one that leads me and guides me. My faith is up at this point. I'm declaring who God is or my. And now, and now I'm ready to move into the next one. There's a faith inside of me. I'm a son of God. I'm a child. Now I'm ready to declare the will of God in my life and in my family. But, but, but it begins by looking up. Everybody say, look up. We look up. That's where our help comes from. Our help comes from God. Some of you in your life right now, I'm telling you, I say this lovingly as a pastor, you've been trying to pull off life in your own strength. God never designed you to pull off life on your own. He wants to help you. He wants to heal you. He wants to deliver you. I want everybody to bow their heads. I've got one minute. If you are in this place, any of our congregations right now, any of our campuses, and you do not know Christ, you're not sure about your relationship with God, I want to pray for you. If you say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. I need the blood of Jesus to wash me, to cleanse me, and make me new. Whoever you are, wherever you are, maybe you're joining us online right now. The Lord, the Lord is near you. The Lord is wanting to save you. He loves you. He cares about you. If you say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. I'm not sure if I die today. I'm ready to stand before God. Here's what the Bible says. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
At the count of three, I'm just going to ask for a show of hands. Say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. If that's you, one, two, three. Quickly, hold your hand up. I'm going to pray for you. God bless you, sir. God bless you right here. God bless you, buddy. Anybody else? Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. God bless you, son. God bless you, man. Anybody else? Pastor, I need Christ. I'm not sure about my relationship with God. God bless you, sir. With everybody's, God bless you, ma'am. With everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed, church, God bless you guys back there. Come on, church family. Let's pray with those that are trusting Christ. This is the most important prayer they'll ever. This is the beginning of their spiritual walk. This is what I taught last month. When we go from death to life, we're born again. Church family, let's pray with them. Say, dear Jesus. Come on, everyone. Dear Jesus, I come to you today. A sinner in need of a savior. Say, thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me, for shedding your blood for me. I repent of my sin. I let go of my past and I turn to you. I turn to the cross. I want you to say this. Say, Jesus, I take my life and I put it in your hands. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for the sealing work of the Holy Spirit and the word of the living God taking root deep in the hearts of your people. In Jesus' name.